Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing in more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Let's get you to retirement. Let's do it. Are you in? Um, hmm, okay. More, many, many, many things to do, but here we go. Um, interesting to note, Wall Street, right? We had a bad week last week. We saw major averages lose more than 5.5%, up to 6.5%, depending on which average you're talking about, whether it be the Dow, the NASDAQ, or the S&P 500. You've got a Wall Street Journal report that the U.S. and China have started negotiating to improve American access to Chinese markets. And that's helped fuel a positive bias from a fundamental standpoint this morning. While the S&P 500's 200-day simple moving average has provided some technical support, the index finished just a few points above the key technical level on Friday. And then, I'll be honest yeah, I... On a Sunday night, I try not to think about the markets at all on Saturday and most of Sunday. And then Sunday night, sometime around 6, I start taking a look at world markets and, you know, business developments over the weekend and situations. And I saw Facebook in the news. And I saw Donald Trump and Stormy Daniels in the news. Who names their kids Stormy? Children's names. Shares of Facebook... It's probably the more intriguing one to me, because to me, politics kind of works itself out usually. I should be careful on how I say that, but in the end, countries like North Korea, they'll go, we will blow you up. That's my best North Korean accent. And we go, oh yeah? We will blow you up. People get nervous. And then a couple weeks later, both parties meet and... They close the doors and North Korea goes, we were only kidding. Yeah, us too. Okay, how do we save face here? And uh, we sit down at the table and we negotiate. What do you guys want? How can we make this problem go away? $130,000? And Kim Jong-il-un says, no, 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 no. We want food. We want guns. We want Apple phones. We want women. We want whiskey. We want people who are seven feet tall. Send us Dennis Rodman. Like, well, Dennis Rodman's not quite seven feet tall. We don't care. He's taller than us. Like, okay. That's terrible. So I look at last week, and if I looked at last week and saw that it was a down market based on that kind of rhetoric, I'm like, that'll figure itself out. But then I look at big companies, and I go, Facebook, come on. you got to do something now. I hate apology ads. I hate goodbye ads by athletes. The Joe Montana was a San Francisco 49er for 49 years, or he got traded to the Kansas City Chiefs, and he takes out an ad in the paper. Thank you, San Francisco. 
I owe my career to you, my wife, my children. Life has been pretty good in the management and the fans. The fans are the best in the world. And it's like a newspaper ad. And it says, thank you, Sister Mary Elephant. Thank you. So we got that going on, right? Are you with me against me? So I hate the goodbye full page ads. A, who reads papers anymore? I do, but I don't think most people do. And I just... Um, so I hate that. Facebook takes out an ad that's like, we're sorry. We're really, really sorry. And this was about last week. And the hair that got on the story from Cambridge Analytica... And so Mark Zuckerberg kind of does the right thing. He takes out an, an apology. You know, we have a basic sorry. responsibility to protect people's data. And if we can't do that, then we don't deserve to have the opportunity to serve people. Now, Facebook needs a new emoji. Not a thumbs up, but it needs a, a smiley face that's upside down, frowning, with steam coming off of its head. We're angry. Facebook's under siege right now, and they're down... To me, it looks like a great price. Now, I only own stocks that I would buy more of. I don't have a lot of trading stocks. A lot of people ask me, hey, do you got a good trade for me? When I do, it's in and it's out. Like, I don't leave them lingering. But a stock that I would own for the long term, Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Alphabet, Nike, you know the names, Apple. Um, I own many of these. Um, I own Wells Fargo because in my heart of hearts, I think maybe not this year, but at some point in time, banks will be okay. After several days of heated public outcry over British political consulting firm's use of data for millions of Facebook users to help elect President Trump, the Facebook CEO said that the social media company had a technical solution in place. Now, over the weekend, we learned that some old versions of Android, which this is, this is not a direct commercial for Apple, but it's a pretty darn close. One of the problems with, with Google's operating systems is they have some phones that are always up to date, and there's some phones that people don't care about, and they don't update. And different countries and different you know, Samsung phones use a different version than Google phones, which use a different version than HTC phones, which use a different version than you get the idea. And one of these old Android operating systems was able to scrape data from your phone, and Facebook was saving it. So with 2 billion users, Facebook is the top target for privacy concerns. I don't, I've got company business on my phone. I don't want Facebook to have that. I've got personal photos. I've got an album in my photos called Sexy Selfies, where I take sexy selfies of myself. I don't want that getting out, and I can't believe I just said it. And you said, what's a sexy, sexy selfie? Sexy selfie is me, typically with a wild animal like a crocodile. Sometimes I have my shirt on, sometimes I don't. I always have my pants on. Mom always taught me never leave the house without pants and clean underwear. So I don't want Facebook having that in any way, shape, or form. So Facebook's probably the top target for privacy concerns. And you've seen Apple come out and say they probably need more regulation. You've seen IBM say Facebook probably needs more uh, regulation. Challenge is how quickly and effectively 
and how much damage is done to Facebook. Last week, Facebook was down 14%. Today, it's down another five, six, seven dollars Erasing $75 billion in market cap. That's real do-re-me. Facebook says it's increasing efforts to work with government officials, industries, and experts to take on hate speech, child pornography, and other unsavory digital content. God, I just hate even saying child pornography together. If there's one thing we've got to stop in this world, stop hurting animals and children. Stop exploiting both. You can be as mean as you want to your old neighbors, but let's keep kids and animals out of it. Salesforce CEO Mark Benioff said Facebook should be regulated like a tobacco company. That's harsh. Billionaire George Soros has called the company a menace to society. Holy mackerel, a menace to society? There's some tangible anger out there. Let's see how Facebook responds. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Sometimes I hear things that make me go, what, what, what? Dilly Dilly is not one of them. Say what? But Elon Musk's dad fascinates me. He fathered Elon and his brother, who have both went on to like kind of done some pretty cool ideas and thoughts out there. I saw FedEx today ordered uh, 10 plus, 20 plus um, electric trucks from Tesla. Cool. I like it. I like it a lot. So the 72-year-old Errol Musk, who is Elon Musk's dad, has fathered a child with his stepdaughter, who is 30. And the Musk family has gone berserk. Now, Elon Musk is a billionaire CEO of SpaceX and Tesla. He's called his father evil in the past. Errol is the father of a 10-month-old baby son by his 30-year-old stepdaughter. Now, just put all this together, and you're like, whoa. Right. Let's start with calling your dad evil. Um, right. E- Elon has gone on to call his dad a terrible human being. His dad, Errol, for his part, said Elon is acting like a spoiled child. Wow. Errol said something kind of interesting. Talking about, and again, this just shows you like how, ma- not mainstream, but how built into problems people are. He said he thought it was normal to have affairs in marriages, he said, like the Italians do and the French do. I screwed up the marriage. I was totally responsible. It didn't work out too well in the end. His former wife doesn't speak to him. Even when they're together, she won't speak to him. They haven't spoken together for 37 years and they got children together. He was a consulting engineer. And he also owned an emerald mine in Zambia. Elon lived with his father. And you can kind of start thinking, how far do people fall? How far does fruit fall from the tree? Not far, right? And if children are fruit of our parents, we got a lot of mommy and daddy issues for real. So I kind of liked uh, seeing yesterday, I saw the new episode of season five of Silicon Valley. And they snuck a pretty funny burn into Facebook into their credits where as you're driving along the roads and the credits the show's about to start 
they show you Facebook with on a on a billboard, or maybe it's the company's billboard, maybe not a road billboard, maybe it is. But one second it's in English, and the next second it says Facebook in Russian. Didn't you kind of love it when people are like that clever? I love clever. I do. Um, Coinbase, the hot cryptocurrency startup that last year no one really knew of, has its logo logo visible in the intro. Times are changing. <laughs> That's all I'm going to tell you. Times are changing. SoftBank. Do you know SoftBank? Um, they've got a lot of money, and they've wanted to expand in the United States from Japan. The tech giant's board is investigating who led a smear campaign to remove two key executives from the company. So there's that going on. As a publicly traded company, smears included sending shareholder letters calling for their removal, media leaks about personal finances, and a complaint with the SEC. So someone inside the company is trying to undo the company. Do you know, it's, it's Donald Trump, President of the United States, has changed a lot of cabinet members. The most ever in the first year. And I'm guessing, and again, this is just what we do, and you're wondering why I have an ulcer. I'm guessing he's changing cabinet members because stories keep leaking from his cabinet meetings. And eventually, if you fire everyone and replace them with you know, your, your daughters or their husbands, maybe you cut the leaks. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. But success or failure starts at the top, and you can look at the president's cabinet, or you can look at SoftBank. And do you want to put your money with a company that has employees who are ratting each other out? Trying to get them removed. Some sort of ego is going on, right? Campbell's Soup is ditching the soup, at least from its name. Campbell's Soup is publicly traded. Do you remember growing up and you'd be like sick and your mom would come home with a can of chicken noodle soup? And your mom was a goddess. I truly think that women are goddesses. Because I I just do. I, I think the fact that she can carry an egg inside your body when you're born... And 25, 35 years later, you can turn it into a human being. And somehow in the process of climbing trees and spelling bees and getting on airplanes, that those eggs don't become... I I just find it amazing. So I know you're saying, that's a weird insight. I once wanted to start a side company. And I don't know what I was going to sell or buy or produce or manufacture. I don't know. But the name of the company was going to be called Screaming Goddess. Is I don't know. It rang true to me. Campbell's Soup. Mm-mm, good. They're taking the name Soup out of their name. How important is the name of a company, right? Campbell's Soup to me meant like food from the gods. Because anytime you were sick, your mom brought it. Soup is good food. Soup is good food. Remember that? So they're changing their name Campbell Snack Company. And that just makes me want to lose my mind. Stay Campbell's Soup. Don't be Campbell's Snack Company. I don't care that you got to hand over pretzels or Lance sandwich crackers. I'm not going to take this anymore. Whole Foods continues to benefit from the Amazon takeover. The e-commerce giant says shoppers are making more quick trips to Whole Foods that have the Amazon lockers. Short micro visits defined as three to five minutes in length were up 11% stores with lockers. That's interesting. Remington, the company that makes America's oldest gun or the oldest gun maker in America is filing for bankruptcy. They face lawsuits tied towards the Sandy Hook Elementary School massacre. 
They employ over 2,700 workers. What a time we live in. Hi, A. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing in more. At a start of my day where I woke up quite ill. Took me a little bit longer to eat composed than usual. Uh, just stomach virus or something going on. Not attractive. Is it a ulcer? Is it reflux, acid reflux in the morning? Is it a bender from the weekend? Is it a virus? These are all questions that I always have and I never know the answer to. But when it comes to money, I can come up with a pretty good answer for most of the questions. Is there such thing as a perfect credit score? In theory, most Americans have average credit. Um, but the question is not do most Americans have average credit. Is the question is, is, is there a perfect score? And let's start first and foremost by talking about how credit scores work. And it's honestly, I'm, I'm not going to say surprised. But after 20 plus years of doing this, basically every day, two to three hours a day, 50 to 50 weeks of the year. Uh, early on, I was doing it five hours a day, then I went to a three, and then I've kind of gone down to two with some TV thrown in. But uh, you get the idea. So one of the things from having such tenure in financial media is I probably get just as many questions about credit scores and credit as I do about investing. Certain times of the year are obviously going to be different than others, for sure. A lot of creditors use what are called FICO scores and Vantage score scoring systems. My credit score tends to take a dip around the holidays. Pretty obviously, I'm charging more on my credit cards. I'm paying them off a month later, but that balance is one of the things that hurts me. But for the rest of the year, I'm pretty consistent. I guess there's going to be times where you're paying for college or you're doing something, right? There's three major credit score uh, bureaus out there. Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion. Each system has a rating from a low of 300 to a perfect of 850. And one of the questions I have automatically already when you know that is why is 300 the lowest? Why not zero or negative points? This guy didn't pay off his mortgage, and he walked away from a house and child support. He should have like a negative 200, right? That's where you start thinking. So how do you start this trek to the perfect credit score? Gotta have a line of credit. Isn't that just the kick in the face? That to get good credit, you have to have good credit, in theory. Speaking of credit card bills... Do you remember in the day and age when they'd come in the mail? And uh, it, what I did early on was I'd put all my credit cards, like all my uh, bills, in a pile called bills. And then I knew that sometime around the 25th of the month, because February always threw me with that 28-day month, that's something wrong about that. We should look into an investigation. We should have a special counsel on what's going on there. But... Thank you. Rob Black hates February. But yeah, I'd pay all my bills at the end of the month. 
And now I've auto-linked all my bills, my credit cards especially, to auto-pay. So I don't carry a balance. So pay your bills on time. Be aware of how you're swiping. You want to look at what I would refer to as a utilization rate, which is the ratio of how much you've spent on your credit card versus the card's limits. So I don't mind getting a little extra credit when I open my first credit card. Let's say Citibank Double Cash gives me a credit card for 5000 I don't mind calling them after two or three months and say, can we up that to ten, fifteen? Because I've, I put $1,000 on a $5,000 card, it's 20% utilized. You want to stay less than 30% of your available credit. Because the credit card companies and the credit bureaus worry, if we approve him for a mortgage or we approve him for a car, and he goes out and he maxes out his credit cards and can't pay them back, we just did a disservice to the people that are paying for these credit reports, the auto companies, the mortgage companies, the houses companies. So you want to keep that credit utilization at under 30. So you don't look like you'd potentially get drunk and go off the deep end on a spending bender. Average credit score for millennials is 628. You want to check. You want to obviously not use, utilize your credit card too much. Um, if you've got multiple cards and you have you want to try to eliminate the small lingering balances. One of the items your score considers is how many of your cards have balances. So that way you're not polluting your credit report with a lot of little balances. So choose to opt, in my opinion, to go with one or two cards for most of your purchases. If you have too many, again, it just looks like you're financially engineering everything. Or it could have that potential. It's important to stay informed by checking your score regularly. Uh, most institutions allow you to find out your score for free. There's a website, annualcreditreport.com, annualcreditreport.com. It's important to maintain a healthy score. You don't necessarily have to have a perfect credit score to get the best credit terms. Score from 700 to 749 or 750, 749 is considered good. 750 and above is considered excellent. So don't pursue the perfect credit score. The highest I've ever seen personally was about 817. It goes as high as 850. I'll have to get Tony Mendez from Bay Area Loan Source to come on at some point in time and see if he can't help me figure out if he's ever seen anything above an 817. And what was interesting about the 817 was someone who was making under $100,000 a year. So you, you wouldn't necessarily think that this is a perfect candidate for a great credit score. Um, but you know, the person had car bills and, you know, paid rent on time and set up things like, uh, Pacific gas and electric bills, which help. So a lot going on there, right? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. So again, don't pursue the perfect credit score. Um, there's some good websites out there on credit. I like bankrate.com, bankrate.com. And Nerd Wallet. Uh, they both have apps. I prefer the websites, only from visually what I can see. We've learned once again that Facebook has done a no-no. I still think the stock is a buy. I think the company is a problem. Facebook scraped text and call data from their phones, and there's privacy from your phones, and there's privacy scandal that. You know, it just keeps coming at the worst possible times. 
And people are like, Facebook went into my phone and took my phone numbers out and took data out. Surprise, surprise, you put it there. You told them they can come on in. You didn't read your terms of, se- of services. Some Facebook users have found that the company stored message and call logs from their phones. The company said it had permission to collect the information from Messenger, Facebook Messenger. So Facebook's already trying to rebuild trust after the Cambridge Analytica story, the whole Russian investigation. Fake news. Some Facebook users requested an archive of their personal data following the recent Cambridge Analytical scandal found that files had been stored months worth of data about whom they'd been text messaging and calling. Now I start thinking about this. And it doesn't bother me too much. But the way people use phones feels pretty private to me, right? I know some of you are watching TV and you probably don't want us to know that you're watching two and a half men. Some people are you who are probably watching adult material and you probably don't want us knowing that. But it's out there. You know, we have a basic so, responsibility to protect people's data. And if we can't do that, then we don't deserve to have the opportunity to serve people. It is scary to know. Not scary bad for me. It's just intimidatingly big. It's like monolithic. It's, it's huge. How much companies know about us at this point in time and how they can use that against us. I was reading some reports about Cambridge Analytica and... You know, they've got some owners who say, oh, we won the election for Trump. And one of the things they did was they, they got data from you on your Facebook, and they kind of crafted a profile, and they tested slogans. I got the sense from reading the article that the whole Make America Great Again slogan came from Cambridge Analytica. And it's pretty interesting, because if you read my Facebook post and my friend's Facebook, my friend's Facebook post, oh... Some of them drive me nuts. But you would think, like, some of them post, like, Trump was an awful person. Obama's not any better. Trump was awful. Obama not any better. So right there, if I'm a data company, I would say democracy's struggling in America. Oh, and there's that make America great again. Kind of our democracy, right? I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Markets up. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. San Francisco is so expensive that more people are leaving than moving in. I drove into the city this morning and I looked at the Transamerica building, which used to be a pretty tall building to me. And sitting slightly to the right, as you're facing north, is the Salesforce Tower, which is just humongous. But the city's median-priced home now costs $1.5 million. The nation's tech capital risk losing talent if they can't afford to live here. I saw, I read in a pretty nice um, piece written by... I wish I knew her name. This makes me feel bad. It's Michael Dell from Dell Computer. His daughter is getting into tech. And she's consulting for Bumble, and she used to work for another dating app that she won't say the name, but it was probably Tender, right? And she's looking to get into some venture ideas and businesses, and she said, I'm moving to L.A. 
I would much rather have some tech enthusiasts in L.A. mixed with movie stars or movies, TV industry, uh, construction industry. Like, it's just more diverse. Now, everyone in the north part of California, northern part of California, hates L.A. Beat L.A. It's a big thing. They take our water. They don't take our women, but they take our water. There's an old joke. Uh, I love Canada for their, their hockey and their women and their beer. It's a joke. It's not a good joke in this day and age, but it, it's a joke. But yeah, so Northern California, so Southern California has the thing, but I was surprised by that. The median two-bedroom rent in the Bay Area is now 3040 bucks, about two and, two and a half times as high as the national average. People find ways of making it work, but I don't really care to find ways of making it work when you're spending that much money. Communal housing's not for Rob Black. Co-living units, not for Rob Black. And I'm not talking in third person. But people are starting more and more thoughts out there are, we want to pay our employees a livable wage, but surprisingly in the Bay Area, we're not talking about $15. We're talking about $150,000 is where you start. For a lot of people, unless you've been entrenched or you've inherited well or something, it's tough to move to the area. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton, talk a little financial planning with the one, the only, Mr. Burton. Now joining me today, CFP Chad Burton. How are you? Excellent, Rob. What does the CFP do? Oh, boy. What does well, it stand for? Certified Financial Planner. Okay. Um, so, yeah, you could have, you go through five courses, essentially. Taxes, insurance, retirement planning, estate planning, investing. You have to take a test in each course before you can move on to the next one. And then you take a 10-hour final exam. Really? 10 hours? Yeah. Did now, what break? I did, it was given over two days. Now, for they've, they're doing it over one day now. But um, it's 55% pass rate nationally. Okay. So you get a lot of disappointed people after oh. the first try. And do they usually get it right the second try? Like SATs. I remember when I went high school many 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 years ago you got to blend your scores you got to take your best math and your best english no, that sound right? someone's asking me i don't even remember taking the sats you probably didn't you're a gifted athlete <laughs> you got to ride your way into college uh no and it's um it, it, you do get a chance yes you do get to take it again okay so but do people pass i, I passed it on the first time i've got five cfps all but one of them passed it on the first time Okay. Um, and then, so it's given, I think, every November and then every six months. If you fail it a second time, I believe there's some other rules. I haven't looked at it, honestly, lately for, uh, for a while in terms of how many times you can p- fail it and then how long you have to wait next time. But once you do pass the test, you cannot use the designations yet. Okay. You have to have three years working experience, and now you have to have a degree. Now, three years working experience, not at Seven Eleven. No. You have to have in the business. Okay. So like a para planner. Period planner, yeah, associate advisor. Okay. Yep, you got it. Now, with that said, what's the difference between a CFP and like a stockbroker or a financial? Um, you know, someone at Solomon Smith Barney who calls himself a first vice president or something you like that. You have vice president of the Southeast region of Kansas City. <laughs> something I, like that. Bogus. Yeah. Bogus, but people don't realize that. Yeah, yeah. The vice president thing is a, it's ridiculous in this industry. I'm vice president of Salem Radio. <laughs> right now, this hour, Whoops. we're both vice president, right? Um, <laughs> Difference between a broker. And Are CFP. there even stockbrokers left anymore? I mean, when I was in the yeah. business, yeah, yeah. The, oh, there we go. That's, that's right. I, there's there, my alarm. 
there's actually other people that I know in the industry. Um, I know people on my street who use Ameriprise financial planners. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's the worst thing you could do. Let me give you a story okay. of that one. And sure. uh, so somebody I did very close to the family um, finally pulling the trigger on retirement. I said, well, at least let me look at what you have. I don't, I don't like taking on friends and family. Of course not. As, I understand that. Yeah, because the last thing I want to do. Expectations are unrealistic. Not only that, but it dominates the conversation. Okay. So barbecuing, putting some steaks on, having a couple of beers. I don't want to talk money on the weekends. You know, I, I do it 60 hours a week. So I said, well, at least let me look at who you're working with. Because I, 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 based on some of the things that I'd heard, I was like, this just doesn't sound right. And the advisor was saying, yeah, you can retire go ahead and retire. You're going to be fine. And the reason why is because they were a commission-based advisor and they were going to get paid five, 6% of the rollover amount. Ah, so it's like a 401k, 403b. So, I mean, they see this big rollover amount, so they will blow smoke in places that you don't want them to blow smoke because they're doing it because that's when they get paid is that initial rollover. They get paid all up front because they're commission-based advisors. And unfortunately, some CFP, certified financial planners, are also commission-based. And I think that there's a big push in our industry to not allow that. Um, So, because our industry, really, most of the certified financial planners act as fiduciaries. We are forced, we, we set up a firm so that we're acting in the best interest of the client, putting the client first, charging either hourly fees, flat fees, or annual fees based on what we're managing. And in this situation, the guy was going to tell her to retire too soon.